G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, each week at this time, we address your questions around Christians and money. Our special guest, Alex Cook, the founder of Wealth With Purpose. Alex, a special welcome back to 2020. Hey, Neil, great to be back, especially with the sun shining again. (laughs) Yes, so many people very happy to see that blue sky. But you know what, right now... uh, Families, businesses reeling because of the huge flood issues, especially much of New South Wales, uh, not only coastal areas, inland into the outback as well. In fact, uh, up and down the east coast, uh, a lot of listeners right now in the midst of a flood crisis, Alex, uh, the rain clearing, but the river's still rising. Uh, What are your thoughts here around the idea of saving for a rainy day? Because this is the day to be talking about this, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Look, and as you know, over the years when you and I have spoken, one of the things that we always encourage Christians to have is an emergency fund for the um, the, the classic rainy day that we know they come from time to time. And sometimes they're much more tumultuous than we'd, we'd hoped. Um, and so I guess the, the big thing I'd want to encourage listeners is to have a think about how long could your finances last in the event that you are unable to work? That's a question I think we all need to be able to answer. You know, if our work is disrupted, so perhaps you've got a, your own business and you know it shuts down because it's been flooded out over the past couple of weeks, or maybe you've lost your job due to redundancy, and that's gonna be a big issue for people this year, you know, with the whole JobKeeper uh, coming to an end in uh, the next week or two. Um, so there's all these kinds of things that lead to the, the idea and the need to have an emergency fund. Um, And the thing I encourage people to think about here is to have a couple of months worth of living expenses up your sleeve. So sitting in a, you know, a cash account, i.e. very easy to get to uh, so that if something happens and it's not just, of course, you know, the tragedy of the floods and things like that, but also things like, um, you know, as I mentioned before, job loss. Or, you know, your car breaks down and, you know, you've got to spend two or three grand on the engine. So rather than whacking on the credit card, you've actually got the cash savings there ready to go. Um, People often ask me, well, how much should I have? Um, I typically say a minimum of about three months worth of living expenses, ideally closer to six months worth of living expenses set aside in a cash account for that rainy day. Um, it may sound like a lot, and a lot of you listening might be thinking, mm, I've only got a you know, couple of hundred dollars in the bank or a thousand dollars, something like that. Well, I would just say, look, today's the day where you can start and start building that up and being intentional about protecting yourself and your family um, from the storms of life. I mean, there's a great proverb um, you know, from the book of Proverbs that says, a sensible man prepares for problems ahead and prepares to meet them. Uh, and that's a principle I think we should adopt with our finances. Be a sensible man and uh, prepare for the problems ahead 
You know, we don't know what they are. We don't know when they're coming, but we do know they do happen in a fallen world. A rainy day arrives, and it doesn't come just in the form of uh, wet stuff that falls from the sky. It could be a health crisis. Uh, it could be, you know, issues around COVID and can't work and uh, those sorts of things. Interestingly, if you've got a, a full-time job, Alex, and uh, you're accumulating some holiday pay, uh, you might have been in your job for a long time. You might have some long service leave and you might have sick leave that's accumulating. Does some of that sort of count as an emergency fund as part of the rainy day? Because not everyone has that. And I guess you've got different horses for different courses and different ways that you've got to be able to think about your finances. For people who don't have that extra little level of security, it's all the more important, no doubt. Yeah, and look, you've, you raise a really good point. I mean, that that's certainly one option, is, is that. Another one that people... Um, miss out on i think is protecting their income so for example you mentioned a health crisis uh and that, that's a very common one but you can potentially depending on of course what the health issue is you can insure yourself through a thing called income protection and, and that also gives you a financial buffer as well uh, i mean the, the key issue here is could you pay your rent or could you pay your mortgage in the event that something happened to you. So there's a range of precautions that you can take to prepare for that. You know, one of course, as you said, is the, um, is the uh, cash reserves. The other is insurances to make sure uh, you're in place. The other thing is for those of you who are listening who have a mortgage already, you might have uh, either an offset account or if you make extra repayments into your loan, you have access to what we call redraw. We could pull that all out. So ideally, what you're trying to do here is build up buffers. And really, that's the message we want to leave with everyone is that you have a financial buffer in your world so that when these unexpected things happen, you've got a buffer, you're not tossed around by the storms, you're not forced into a very difficult situation um, and you can you can be very, um, you know, obviously we're always trusting God for his provision, but we can also be sensible and prepare for these kinds of things as well. So there's a range of options there. Uh, given it is a rainy day and so, so many uh, families will be experiencing these issues right now, Alex, and uh, even if we're not, we're aware that someone close to us or a friend uh, somewhere distant does. Uh, a lot of people are reliant on a government handout at this time. Uh, there are emergency funds that are being distributed. I think uh, in some of those hard-hit areas in New South Wales, around Sydney and the Hawkesbury uh, and other flooded areas inland, people are eligible for something like $1,000 per eligible adult in a household. But a lot of people have lost everything, and no doubt that $1,000 doesn't go far because a lot of people who are finding themselves having gone through flood events before find that they're not even able to get insurance on their house. Uh, what are your thoughts for people and uh, sometimes this reliance on the government handout and, uh, and sometimes you've just got to say, who can help me? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, as you say, the government's one option, but the other is there are many um, charities in Australia like the Salvos who provide emergency relief. So it's just a case of reaching out and... Um, you know, getting in touch with these kinds of organisations that can help. Um, the other thing I think that's been really encouraging, though, around this area is I know in Port Macquarie, which is very hard to hit, um, a lot of the community have actually come together and really supporting each other and helping you know, clean up the mess, uh, helping each other get through it. And, and I think that's one of the key things. And this is where I think Christianity has a unique uh, a thing to offer in a world that is getting a bit more chaotic and, uh, you know, a you know, more, there's more problems, you know, surfacing around the world. The Christians have this massive opportunity to rally around people and be the solution, to 
um, be the people that provide community, that can step in and meet people's needs, you know, can provide care, can provide shelter, you know, whether it's opening the doors to our church or whether it's, you know, providing food packs. There's also there's really infinite options. It's just really up to our imagination. But there's so many ways we can provide uh, relief to people. Uh, we can provide comfort to them. And, of course, we can show them that there's something beyond the material things. You know, one of the things that really tests us in these times when our material assets, if you like, come under attack, it really tests our heart and, and what we're living for. And so I think one of the fabulous opportunities here is as Christians, we can share, you know, Christ's love with people as well as meet their needs practically. So you've you got two big opportunities, one to, you know, step in and meet them the need practically and help them in their current situation, as well as, um, you know, share the good news of Jesus with them at the same time. So it's a, you know, crisis is, is an opportunity, I think, for us to do good. Uh, the crisis comes and you've got the believer who's been preparing for the rainy day gives you that opportunity then to have that op- that uh, ability to be able to give someone a hand up as your neighbour and care for them. Uh, this word resilience, I know in recent years I've had a, a major, uh, you know, it must be, you know, someone switched the lights on. Resilience isn't for people who've gone through the tragedies, but resilience is in a community that is able to support those people who've gone yeah. through the tragedies. Because sometimes we think if someone's going through tough times, they're becoming resilient or they're resilient enough to be able to come out of that. But the resilience comes, Alex, because of people who are around who are able to support and help them through that tough time. You can't do that if you haven't saved for a rainy day. Oh, exactly right. And this is why, you know, look, all of us are in different financial positions, but having that money set aside for the future enables us to step in at times like this and meet needs. And it's to, I think the, the, the thing for Christians is we need to be willing to open our doors and um, realise that everything that we have in our possession, whether it's our homes or our financial resources, they're in fact God's. Um, and that we're meant to use those things to help people and to have that kind of eternal focus and that outreach focus. I mean, I know um, after me today, you've got the guys from Open Doors on. And, you know, I think about the amazing things that they do, trying to help people who are in this persecuted environment who, whose needs are desperate. You know, they're, they're right on the, the poverty line and bread line. And so it's the same thing. We need to use the resources that God puts into our hands to, to make a difference today, not in the future. It's not something, oh, you know, that we do maybe in the late, maybe in the future. It's something we can do today. Um, and it's a fantastic opportunity and it's the right thing to do. And, uh, you know, God will bless us when we step out and do the right thing. And um, whether so or not whether or not we have prepared, Alex, is the difference between we're the ones who receive the handout or the ones who give the hand up. And uh, and I think there is a biblical foundation in there, isn't there, that we need to be mindful uh, because if we are uh, wallowing in debt, and uh, debt's one of those issues we often talk about too, and I'll get your impression here, but if you haven't saved for the rainy day, the likelihood is you'll be swept along into some new forms of debt. Uh, what are your thoughts here about you know the debt being the, the villain in all of this? <laughs> yeah, look, it's a great way to put it. It is a bit of a villain, and that's how we certainly uh, tend to think of debt. We always encourage people not to take on too much debt. Uh, and it comes down to this, once again, this whole idea of having buffers in your life. So if you take on too much debt, you've got to ask yourself, if interest rates were to rise from here, how much is that going to affect 
my cash flow, my ability to do the things that I feel strongly about, whether it's, you know, helping your own family, but also helping others. You know, as, as you say, we're in this time of crisis where people have been affected by these floods. If you have so much debt that you can't step out and help others, even if you're personally not that affected by it, um, but if you can't do that because you've got so much debt, then there's, then there's a sort of a problem there that we need to solve. Um, and so debt can really work against us in this environment. And the, the warning message, as you know, that we've always given about debt is that Australia is in this sort of very artificial place where we've had very, very low interest rates for a long time. And that's driven more and more people into this potential slavery in the future uh, and so forth. And therefore, when future crises occur, it may become harder for people to help others if they are, in fact, enslaved themselves. So the, the Bible and re really what God is wanting us to do is to be in a place of financial freedom so that we can do well with our money and do good with it. If we're enslaved, you know, the devil wants nothing more. I mean, the Bible says he, he comes to kill, steal and destroy. He wants to <laughs> destroy us financially, put us into a place of despondency and put us into a place where we can't be used effectively. And I think one of the, the real things that the devil loves is debt because he can enslave us through it and make us very ineffective. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a big issue. Just staying with debt for a few moments, and interesting because of floodwaters, uh, there's that old expression, you know, when the tide goes out, you can see who's wearing swimmers. And uh, <laughs> if, you, uh, you know, if you've prepared for the rainy day, you're going to be able to come through it okay. But there's another dimension just dawned on me now that if you are swept away and wallowing in the debt... Uh, and you're not able to uh, help those, perhaps family and those who are close to us. There is actually a significant uh, poor Christian witness in all of that. And I wonder whether, if this is a dimension that you've given some thought to, because uh, whether or not you've got good control over your finances might actually be saying a whole lot to people around you about where your faith stands. Any thoughts here, Alex? Yeah, look, it's a great one. I mean... Um it's certainly a massive issue in the sense that how we handle our money says a lot about our, our character. It says a lot about how well we've planned. And it can say a lot about our faith and where we're putting our trust. So, you know, using the debt as the example, sometimes we go into debt for all the wrong reasons. You know, we're trying to impress others through either a bigger house or a better car and things like that. So it can say a lot about our faith. And as you say, it can be a poor witness. But equally, um, some of the, the struggles that we can get ourselves into, uh, in my experience, they're, they're mostly avoidable. You know, sometimes, yes, tragedy strikes in people's lives and there are things that are really beyond their control. But for the vast majority of us, a lot of the financial woes that um, come upon us are largely avoidable. Um, and therefore, as you say, it, it can give off... Um, you know, a negative impression to people about where our faith's at and how seriously we, we take it. Whereas we, as Christians, we should really be on the offensive and on the front line and being great stewards with what we've been given and sowing into things um, that are lasting and not things that are very temporal in nature. Um, so how you handle money does say a lot about our faith. Um, and, and that's, uh, you know, an issue that we all need to gra grapple with. Um, and as, as Christians, I would really encourage anyone listening is to say, look, you know, if the money I have is, is God's, how am I to steward that effectively for his kingdom? You know, too often 
we have the focus on ourselves and meeting our needs. And yes, we have to meet the needs of our family and look after our loved ones. But beyond that, we need to start getting excited, I believe, because it's such an opportunity. Get excited about what we can do when we steward our money well to advance God's kingdom. And that is, you know, stepping up to the plate, you know, meeting the needs of those around us, meeting the needs of, you know, persecuted Christians, meeting those who are, you know, affected by these you know, temporary crises that come along. Um, there's so much opportunity when we're good stewards. And when we're good stewards, it actually says positive things about our faith. Um, and then pe- and people, I think, if you wanted to see a revival in this nation, I think one of the great pillars will be that of Christians living generously. Um, because it says to people that we actually, firstly, that we care about others. And it says that we take our faith really seriously when we're willing to step out in faith sacrifice from what we've been given to to bless others uh, and to advance God's kingdom. And when we have that kind of generosity revival in our nation, I believe you'll see a revival in faith and other things as well. Um, And that's a huge opportunity when we steward things well. Powerful thoughts, Alex Cook. And I guess not to say you ought to be ashamed if you're in a place of need right now and you need help, you need support, you need to know where to reach out and ask for that. Uh, We mentioned a couple of places and that there is some government support for people who are going through the flood crisis right now. But just quickly, uh, just, just give us 30 seconds here, Alex, the idea that you might have been challenged by some of these thoughts today a biblical foundation on what it is to be a steward of those possessions and the money that God has given to you, making a fresh start. Uh, what are your thoughts very quickly for how you might make a fresh start from today on and getting that rainy day uh, savings emergency fund in place? Mm, that's a great question. Look, I say to people, start simply. We often think of money as being a really big issue, but I, I say start simply. And what I'd encourage people to do is just do, do the following things. Firstly, sit down, and if you're married, sit down with your spouse and work out a couple of goals. What are the things that you need to do in your financial world, you know, such as protecting your family, saving for the future, living generously? Sit down and work out what those goals are. That's the first thing. The second thing you need to do is get a hold of your spending. This is the big issue that most of us struggle with. We don't know how much we spend. We don't know often where the money's going. And so that's a big opportunity here to get a hold of our spending. Um, so, you know, the obvious thing there is doing a budget and people can download those kind of things from our wealthwithpurpose.com website. The third thing is look at your debt. You know, Australia is a very debt driven society. And so I'd encourage people to sit down, work out what your debts are, work out a plan to get out of them, to pay them off sooner rather than later and have a proper debt reduction plan. And that's something we've probably spoken about in the past on air when people can check out our website about that kind of thing. The next thing is putting in place a protection strategy. How are you going to protect your family from a rainy day? How are you going to insure your family so that they don't end up in very difficult financial hardship um, because of you know unexpected events that happen to us like health and so forth? Um, so there's a couple of these really useful basic principles um, to you know to put in place. So get your budget under control, get your goals into place, um, get your protection in place. And then also have a long-term view as well. So saving for the future, saving for particular goals. Now, it could be kids' education all the way through to, you know, long-term, such as retirement and so forth. But have a basic, I call it a wealth plan, if you like, but a basic plan 
to start simply and put in place the right building blocks, the right foundations. Um, a couple of those things and you will be on the right track. You feel a lot more confident about it. Um, you know, and invite God into it as well. That's obviously the critical one. Invite God in because after all, it's really his money and we're stewing it for him anyway. So invite God into all your financial decision-making. Okay. And uh, Alex, great insights as always, and uh, as is often the case, and I do often say it's only a short segment with uh, our Ask Alex segment, and there's uh, callers waiting now, but we won't be able to take them. Uh, Time has run out. Uh, You'll be able to leave a a question on our feedback line, which is on the 1-800-316-316 number, and uh, that should go to that line when that line is closed. So 1-800-316. 316. If you have a question that you'd like to pose for our Ask Alex segment, could be on anything at all. No holds barred. In fact, uh, let's put Alex under pressure for next time. <laughs> Alex, uh, founder of Wealth With Purpose, let me say how people can get in touch with you. The website, wealthwithpurpose.com. Free ebooks, the My Toolkit, there's free videos, there's podcast content. Your heart is in this. You want the best uh, for Christians to be well prepared with their finances. You can follow Alex on Facebook at Purpose Wealth and Twitter, Wealth Purpose. Alex Cook, thanks so much for taking some time to share your heart with us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.